Hey there. Welcome back to Disco Designs. My name is Dave. Thank you for joining me for what is going to be the very last episode for the year 2023. We're in that liminal awkward space between Christmas and New Year. And I've uh, carved out a little bit of time to squeeze one last episode in for the year. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened in 2023 in the interior design world and also what I'm manifesting for 2024. So stick around. Seasons, greetings to you and thank you for joining me back on the show. I hope you've, if you celebrate Christmas, I hope you've had a good Christmas and we're gearing up now for New Year if that's your thing and if that's what you celebrate. If not, hopefully you've just had a bit of time to decompress and to reset what has been yet another trip around the sun. So I did a little bit of interstate travel over Christmas. I'm back in Queensland now. We've had some really wild weather and I'm kind of half enjoying it, half not enjoying that situation, but that is what it is. But first cab off the rant today is that uh, I'm now celebrating the first year of Disco Designs and Interior Design Podcast. It's been 12 months and it's been a bit of an on-off journey just as work and life has gotten complex and uh, negotiating where I can squeeze doing the podcast in. But I love doing it. It's a great space for me to be able to just talk sometimes into the ether or sort of respond to different topics that have popped up during my week or during my my month. And I hope it's a value to to you if you're listening to this and hope you get something out of it. And if there is something that you want to hear a little bit more of in 2024, please just let me know just if there's a specific topic or a specific style that you, of episode you'd, you'd rather hear, whether it's I definitely got a, a lot of good feedback on my IKEA episode. And that felt, that was good. Um, so a lot of people were sort of wanted to to explore maybe an interior designer's point of view on, on Ikea. Some of the episodes I understand, like, you know, they might be a little bit more niche and specific. So if, if that's what you want me to talk about, then let me know. If you want me to be a little bit more general and you want to talk more about decoration and design as a, um, as a, a holistic approach, then let me know. I definitely want to do some deep dive into kitchens and bathrooms next year, most likely a couple of video episodes as well to really talk you through and show you the process that I work through when we're mainly doing space planning and trying to think about how my clients are actually using their spaces and then how that translates into design work. So keep an eye out for that. I think that will be a very good series and I think that'll be really beneficial for a lot of people to kind of see how that that plays out and um, the types of things you should be really trying to think about early on when you're considering doing kitchen and bathroom or any other space in your home. So what else has happened in 2023? There's a lot of things where we're in this kind of twilight zone. We're coming out of COVID. I know we're still talking about COVID. This was actually 2023 was the first time I've seen all of my family back together since 2019. So it's been four years, but we're still, we're still recovering you know, dealing with the consequences of it. And the the good news is that, that most of our supply chains have kind of caught back up. We, we had a lot of product shortages in 2020, 2021, 2022. In the year 2023, things kind of made a pretty good recovery, which was good. And we even started to see new suppliers, new brands emerge, new distribution pathways. 
online continues to still be really strong, but thankfully we've seen a, a return to physical showrooms and retail stores as well, which for me is just so important to the interior design industry. It is fine to see products online into shortlist items, but interior design items like furnishings for your home, finishing finishes, fixtures, furniture pieces, they're things that you need to be able to see, touch, smell, taste, all of that before you buy them because what you see online isn't always what you get. So I I am happy to see that physical showrooms are still going very, very strong in 2023. And I know there's some exciting things in 2024 with some new showrooms opening as well, definitely in Southeast Queensland. We have seen changes to the work environment 2020 and 2021, the home office was very much the flavor of the year. Everyone having to transition their work really quickly to work from home and putting more energy into that. And I think we've seen a schism of that trend of, of home office. It's sort of hit two directions, people who are still working from home and really consider that space very important. And then we've sort of seen maybe a downplay of the home office where people might be using it as a second creative space or might be including other hobbies in that space if they're not sitting there full time. What I'm hoping long term will come from the whole working from home situation is that when we are doing construction of new homes and structures, that we are actually factoring in specific space for working from home. In the last 10 years, there. I'm thinking of mainly apartment plans. We've seen a lot of apartments which have incorporated extra little study nooks. I'm hoping that we'll see bigger versions of that fleshed out where it's more than a really tiny, narrow ledge to put a computer on, but something you could work at comfortably for a couple of days a week if you needed to. And definitely in uh, single-dwelling houses that we will see rooms or spaces maybe it's not the full size of like a bedroom for example but it's big enough to have a desk and a computer and a printer and a place to put all your paperwork etc i'm hoping that we'll see that stick around because i think that this hybrid lifestyle or or working from home full-time is going to stick around i think we hit a critical turn point in in how we live and work in 2023, where people were really putting their foot down saying, I don't want to go back to the office or I'm not going to go back full time and I still want to work from home. So I still think that the home office will continue to be really present in our lives for many years to come. And I think that's a really positive. I love that flexibility of being able to work from, from where I want to be and be really productive. On the flip side of that, Commercial spaces and businesses have continued to throw money at creating interesting spaces for employees inside of the office. In 2022, last year, I I saw a lot of really out there things, a lot of teleconferencing booths, a lot of really what I would consider kind of very eccentric uh, design elements like tables and um, whole office fit-out suites in an attempt to draw people back into the office with, I guess, what is essentially a bit of novelty and, and whim, whimsical. Um, but I think people see through that. Like it's it's nice to have these facilities, but it's not going to – if a, a nice novel desk and a teleconferencing booth isn't going to make you want to fully work from – 
from the office all the time, but um, that trend has still continued into 2023 and it will be on that people are investing more and more into office fit outs. It's no longer just fluoro lights and a, a laminate desk. People are expecting more from that. Uh, because their home offices might be nicer than their actual office in a in a um, city environment, so uh, employers are still definitely doing more innovation in their office fitouts. We have seen again on the home front, interest raises, interest rate rises have caused drama and turmoil, and. Um, as a result, you know, 2020 and 2021 was an absolute booming time for interior design because people were at home all the time and went, hey, we've got a little bit of extra cash up our sleeve. We're not spending as much as we were. And we're right now, because we're here all the time during lockdowns, we are really valuing our built environment that is around us. So we're going to invest in that. And that has kind of started to slow now with interest rates. Because understandably, people are a little bit nervous, especially if they they're financed to a very um, big ratio, and even a small percentage is creating a, ma- a huge amount of havoc. So um, we've definitely seen some some project types slow um, or or take a bit of a pause altogether. Hopefully, there's a bit of hope on the horizon that those rates are probably gonna sort of stagnate where they are and possibly head backwards a little bit, which would be nice to help give people a little bit of financial relief. The The buzzword definitely of the last quarter has been cost of living. So that's definitely um, something that we're mindful as designers moving into next next year is to to bring value where we can with with our selections and, and creating spaces that are gonna, they're going to stand the test of time and, and be sustainable as well. Which actually leads me on to my next point, which is uh, is all about sustainability. Sustainability is bigger and bigger and bigger than ever. I am such a massive advocate of sustainability and at a holistic level, for me, I always half roll my eyes when a supplier talks to me about sustainability. I need more than just you saying it's sustainable. I need you to describe in detail exactly how it is sustainable from cradle to grave as a product and, and its whole life cycle, its embedded carbon from transportation to creation to having to recycle it or to deal with it at end of life. So that is something that I am hoping to do more and more projects on in the future is really truly sustainable design where we are being very conscious and mindful of our impacts environmentally and creating spaces that are going to hold up and, and, um, uh, live life and breathe life and promote healthy living for years and years and years to come. In our probably last big news story of 2023 was only like a couple of weeks ago. So I did an episode, I don't know, six months ago about engineered stone and it's possible ban situation well it's now official engineered stone has now been banned in australia i think first of july 2024 is the deadline for that to for basically that product to be installed and done uh suppliers are being told not to bring more product into the country to basically get rid of what they've got and that's kind of it 
Um, that kind of caught me off guard. Actually, I already wrote an article a few weeks ago about it um, because I did go, I went to an engineered stone uh, supplier night and they basically said to us on that night before this had been announced, hey, we're expecting a banning of this product. So for a supplier to say that to a group of designers, I was like, okay, it's definitely going to get banned. Um because like they're not going to say something like that if if they're unsure. So um, there was obviously a lot going on there. So I think that you know to put that in perspective, Australia is now the first country in the world to ban engineered stone, and I think it has come as a, a little bit of a surprise to the international community that uh, that we've banned it. And one of the reasons I heard that maybe we have been very proactive about it is that back when uh, with the asbestos uh, sort of crisis that Australia was actually quite slow moving to react and respond to that and they didn't don't want to be seen as being unreactive now or pro you know they don't want to see as being dragging the chain when it comes to engineered stone what does that mean for the design community look it's um Engineered stone has been a staple choice of material now for probably 30 plus years because of its durability, because of its, it sort of sat in the middle of the, the road cost wise. So it was often a very attractive option. Uh, it was a very known quantity. We knew how it behaved and how it reacted. And it was, it was just, it, it stood up well. It didn't require any maintenance and um, people, like the look of it and it was available in a whole wide range of, of, of colors and finishes. So if you, if you have a project coming up basically from now, like any good designer is not going to be specifying engineered stone for you now, because there's no guarantee they're going to be able to get it as supplies basically run out. I have one project remaining that has engineered stone, which is like going to kick off in two weeks. And, um, that's that's the last project that I'm confident that we're going to be able to get stone for. So, um, moving forward, you, that's a, a it's this is it's a something we're going to have to work out in the design industry because, as I said, it is a product that we use so much of, and every other product out in the market has kind of bigger pluses and minus to it, if that makes sense. For example, like engineered stone versus natural stone. Um, natural stone is very often, um, can often cost more. It can be more unpredictable. It's more prone to breaking. It might need sealing. It's not to say these aren't viable options. And then on the other end, you've got things like laminates, which a lot of people may may think of like 80s and 90s kitchens or bathrooms and get oh, oh, laminates. There's some beautiful laminates out there and interesting finishes. Um, they're often the most cost-effective, but then you've got like your timbers and tiles and um, uh, aluminium or metal uh, surfaces. Uh, there's a couple of recycled surfaces coming around as well. So there, is, there are plenty of options out there, but it's kind of like... I don't know, it's like pulling the Toyota Corolla off the market or something like that, this sort of known quantity that everybody is aware of and goes, that's old faithful, we've kind of pulled it out of the, out of the market. Um, but hey, it just depends on the designer you're working with because some designers just haven't really worked with it because they might prefer natural stone or that's the client they usually have. Um, or you might be more on commercial spaces where you're dealing more with your laminates and solid surfaces because um, that just makes better sense for durability. So 
an interesting story. Engineered stones on the way out. Um, just a reminder, if you've got it in your home, it is perfectly safe. No need to freak out. It's all about cutting it and manufacturing it. So don't freak out about it. It's fine. You're going to have no issues. You're at no risk having it installed in your home. It's just that basically from here on out, it's not going to be available on the market as we know it. Uh, I'm sure these companies have some plan Bs up their sleeves, but it'll probably take some time to get those products to market. So moving from 2023 now to 2024, uh, here is my little personal list of manifestations, what I'm hoping we'll see in 2024 and some of the things that I want to do in 2024. I'm kind of throwing them out there into the ether and if something resonates with you, then who knows, maybe get in touch and we can, um, we can, um, we can work together, right? So in 2024, my manifestations are and my hopes and dreams are that we're going to see more locally produced and sustainable products. I've just finished a bathroom project and I love being able to pick things like tapware and cabinetry and tiles that have been locally produced in Australia by people that we can reach out and touch, like connect with, right? Like being able to go, I know exactly where this was made and, you know, if I wanted to, I could call up and speak to the people who made it and know that there's... There, there's product support there if I need it. There's warranty support if I need it. But not only that, we're also supporting our own economy. We are generating jobs locally here in Australia. And we're also minimizing our carbon footprint by reducing shipping. Uh, shipping is one of those things that very often um, that can be the biggest embed what we call embedded carbon in a product it means you know like the car the carbon that has been involved in the production and transportation of it for example engineered stone um none of it's produced in australia so it's been banned but you know okay uh but it all came from overseas and the actual carbon to produce the slab mightn't be that much but then the carbon being produced to actually ship it uh on a freighter to Australia and then actually put on a truck and drive it from Melbourne to Brisbane, like that's potentially where the most carbon comes from. So if we can help to short circuit some of that used products that are local, that are reducing our carbon footprint and that are supporting our, our local economy, I think is, is the way to go. I want to see more and more of that in Australia. And there are so many suppliers out there of not only uh, hard finishes, but you know, soft furnishings, um, some fantastic brands like Chardin, who are a Melbourne manufacturer, uh, Woodcut down in Melbourne, do some amazing tapware and different accessories. There's just so many beautiful local producers that are in every single category of interiors. We've got some fabulous lighting uh, designers and lighting producers here in Australia. We've got fantastic um, even down to local paints like Dulux Australia and other Waddle and your Porters and all these other fabulous paint companies as well. So trying to, to own and work locally with those, um, with those suppliers is, is always great. I'm hoping that we're going to see some innovation in property types as well in 2024 and beyond, knowing that we have very low housing stock here in Australia at the moment and definitely in Southeast Queensland. I believe I read a news story about one of the local councils here in in. Queensland opening up, uh, sort of lifting some restrictions on second dwellings, predominantly granny flats being built on on uh, properties in order to help ease some housing. Um, I would also love to see more councils get on board with tiny homes. I, that's such a, an underdone category. And uh, I've been sort of 
lurking in the shadows of tiny homes now for, I don't know, like probably nearly a decade. And the number one thing that seems to come up time and time again is that it's very hard to get council approval because most councils treat it like a caravan and you can only live in it for a certain amount of time out of the year. Otherwise, it needs like permanent sort of dwelling permits for um, uh, and other sort of building permission to go with it which I get, we want to make sure everybody's safe and where they're living. Um, but I also think we need to put some more energy into things like tiny homes and creating spaces where people can um, kind of have that starter home situation or they can choose to live in small dwellings that are flexible and meet their needs and not have to throw down a million dollars to to get a you know their first home, for example. So uh, there are a couple of councils that do permit tiny homes and I'm hoping we'll see some more. And then that's a whole other fascinating as an interior designer, it's a fascinating property type to work on because you have to change your whole sense of scale and of functionality. And you have to be really kind of brutal with what's really important in this space and really creative with how do we, how do we fit it all in and how do we make things work? So there's some truly amazing designs. If you're looking for some good viewing over Christmas and holidays, have a look at, um, I think it's Tiny Home Living on YouTube. It's a fantastic channel with just some fascinating designs and and concepts within small home living. I'm hoping that in 2024 that we're going to continue to lean into creating spaces that reflect us more, that we're going to walk away or not focus on renovating for other people or renovating for resale, but we are focusing on renovating for us, the building for us, really thinking long and hard about how we use the space and how we want to use the space and how we want to feel within it. And we design around that. That is very much my manifestation for 2024. Building for you, building for now, building for how you want to feel in your space because that is going to lead to an outcome that you're going to just love and, and cherish more than some white box that feels safe. Here's my wish list of here's, here's the projects. This is like my I've been thinking about this, my little list of projects that I would love to work on in 2024. So um, I'm kind of putting it out into the universe verbally, mentally, metaphysically, um, every way possible to to see what comes of it. So I would love to do a beautiful resort style bathroom, a full sort of spa suite situation. Um, I'm thinking travertine, I'm thinking uh, rainfall showers, I'm thinking lots of glass looking over some beautiful spaces. I would love to do a resort style bathroom. I would love to do an industrial kitchen, something really gritty and interesting and thinking, you know, metals and some really interesting lighting situations and maybe some uh, unusual countertops. Uh, I think that would be really get my creative juices going, working on something like that. I'd like to do some more furnishing jobs as well. I'd love to do some more whole home furnishings or some partial home furnishings um, and, and decorating. I am, I, that's something I um, haven't, um, I haven't had too many decorating jobs in 2023. I've been lots of, lots of kitchens, lots of bathrooms. So getting into furnishing um, again would be, a nice refreshing bit for me. Ex flex that muffle, muscle off again. I would like to design a sex room as well. 
If you haven't already seen the Netflix series, How to Design a Sex Room, you should really watch it. It is fascinating and amazing. It is, there is this British lady, I don't know, she's like 50s, 60s, and she goes to all these couples and they go, here's a room we would like to make our intimate space. And she gets to know them and what they like doing and she creates these phenomenal spaces for it. And I just think that is just the most intriguing thing ever. And like talk about designing spaces for you and exactly like how you want to use a space. So I'm putting it out there in 2024, ugh, in 2024, I want to design a sex room. So I'm manifesting that. And I'd also love to do a cafe or hospitality space. Just a nice little, I don't know, just a nice little space, something intimate and cozy and quirky. Um, that That's my, uh, my list of five projects that I'd love to do in 2024. Um, but who knows what the new year will bring. With that, let's, um, let's, let me just wrap up the year. 2023 has been a big one. 2024 is going to be another big one as well. So, don't forget, as always, if you would like to talk to me about your project that you have happening and maybe being at someone else's place or being in your own space over the Christmas period have highlighted or renewed some enthusiasm to do some design work in your home, now's a great time to think about doing it um, because we still have a lot of trade shortages. So if we start talking now, things can be in place by next Christmas with a heap of breathing space for you and do it while you're, it's still fresh in your mind. So if you do want to chat about your project, whether it's a resort-style bathroom, a sex room, an industrial kitchen, or a cafe, or a new lounge, please head over to my website, disco.design. That's D-I-S-K-O dot design. Click on the contact page. You can jump onto my calendar in there and choose a date to have a discovery session. And we can talk about your project and roll from there, right? Thank you so much for the last 12 months of listening to the podcast. Here's to another big 12 months in 2024. I hope you have a fantastic new year. Stay safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And I look forward to talking to you in the not so distant future. Until then, bye-bye.